0: Praise podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you, so I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start with verse Uh, We'll actually start, I believe, with verse 12. I've got 14 written down, but we're going to go up just a couple of verses before that. But this morning, I want to share some things, and you might want to write this title down, and that is this, you are important. Can you look at somebody and say, you are important? How many of you believe today that you are important? Some of you obviously have very low self-esteem. Is there anybody here that actually believes that you are important? Do you believe you're important to the Lord? You're important to the kingdom of God. How many believe you're important to your family? How many believe that you have an importance to the job that you actually work at, That uh, where you employed? And, you know, one of the things that we need to realize as members of the body of Christ is that each and every one of us are important. There are no unimportant members of the body of Christ i want to say this to all of you that are members of high praise there are no unimportant members of high praise look at somebody this morning and say you are important and i want you to look at somebody else and say i am important now understand saying that you're important there's a difference between understanding your importance versus living a life of self-importance you know what i'm talking about there are some people that think more highly of themselves than they ought to think. And we're actually, Paul c- commands uh, us not to think more highly of ourselves. But how many you know that doesn't mean that you think that you're nothing? The reality is, yes, in the flesh you're absolutely nothing. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And understand this, I know you've heard it before, but God doesn't make any junk. Can you look at somebody and say, God doesn't make any junk? look at somebody and say I'm not junk <laughs> look at somebody else and say you're not junk think about this for just a moment the value that was on your life the value that was on you and your family actually required the very blood of Jesus to be shed to redeem you back from the snare of the enemy don't you think if that's what it required for you to be purchased back from the enemy that you are worth a lot You're important to the Lord. God loved you so much that he would send his only son to shed his blood, to die a cruel death. Why? Because he wanted you. You know why he wanted you? It's because you're important to him. And you're important to the church. You're important to the kingdom of God. And I believe that the Lord wants to cause to come alive within us today an understanding that every member of the body of Christ, that we are important, we need one another, And that it is important that we fulfill the ministry and function that God has called us to fulfill. As a matter of fact, hear this. If you don't do what you're called to do, somebody actually will go without Because, hear this, it's only when the body begins to minister to one another that the body is made strong. And hear this, you have something to give to other members of the body of Christ. God has placed something unique, and God has placed something special on the inside of you. And hear this, if you don't let it flow, then that means that somebody is going to be deprived of the ministry that God has placed on the inside of you. Look at somebody and say, don't deprive me, praise the Lord. Come on, tell them, don't deprive me. Tell them, function in your ministry. Amen. First Corinthians chapter, before we do that, let's pray for Pastor Stacy. Many of you may have saw she had to walk out. Uh, she wasn't feeling uh, real well this morning, but, you know, she's a trooper, and she still showed up, but she... Um Let's just pray for her right now. Can y'all just stretch your hand? I think she went back to uh, the office area. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare healing and life over Pastor Stacy. I declare, Lord God, that health will spring forth speedily in her body. In the name of Jesus, I come against every attack of hell. I command every sickness, disease, infirmity, and every attack on her mind to stop, cease, and desist. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a praise for it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. For in fact, well actually verse 12, we'll start with verse 12, I'm sorry. First Corinthians, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ, verse 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether black or white, whether Hispanic or Asian. Are anybody hearing what I'm saying? How I mean, you know there's not a black church or white church or an Hispanic church or an Asian church there's one body of Christ it is the multi-member multinational body of Christ let me tell you we got listen we have brothers and sisters in China and in Russia and in Korea and England in Spain and in every nation across the earth today that are lifting their hands as they gather together and worshiping the Lord we are one body in Christ amen and have all been made to drink into one spirit, verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many, verse 15. Uh, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? The obvious answer to that is, no, it is still a part of the body, amen? Amen. And verse uh, 16, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Of course, it's still a part of the body. Amen. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And verse 19, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? In other words, it requires the uh, every member to make up the body. But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Verse 21, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. You might want to underline the word Need. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Everybody shout, necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. That there should be no schism, there's no division, there's no breakup in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That means this, let me just summarize what he said. He said some members are weak, some members are strong, but the reality is this. We care for one another and we supply what we have. Amen? I mean that everybody's not at the same level. Every you know, any local church you go into, you're gonna have people at various spiritual levels. And hear this, the strong are not there to criticize the weak, the strong are there to uplift the weak. Amen. Amen. The strong are not there to look down their nose and say, Well, I've been in the way for 50 years, you know, and once you know what I know, then you can be somebody. No, hallelujah. We are here to lift you up. We are here to raise you up. I don't care if you just got saved yesterday. You're a part of the body of Christ and you are important and you have a ministry in the church. Praise God. Amen. Verse 26 And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Paul emphasizes in this passage of scripture that every single member of the body of Christ, every single member of a local church, everyone is important, praise God. I want everybody to understand that we have people right now, we have members of this church that are back in the preschool area, in the nursery area, and they are watching babies. I'll say this, they're not only watching babies, they're ministering to babies. And can I tell you that every single one of them that are back there watching babies this morning are just as important as me preaching the word to you. They're just as important as Castle and Miranda and Selena leading worship. They're just as important as uh, Witt up here playing the keyboards and Kevin up here playing the keyboards and Keith playing the bass and directing the band and Steve playing the trumpet and John the trombone and, and, and all the different musicians that we have understand that just because you're not on the platform does not mean that you are not needed and that you are not important. Praise God. This morning we had people whenever you walked in the door that were greeting everybody. Hear this. Every greeter that greets somebody and gives them a smile, hear this. They are important to this church body and they are important to the body of Christ. Amen. Listen, the devil will tell you and lie to you that you are not important. And he uses that lie in order to separate people from the church, in order to break them all from the body of Christ. And my friend, I want you to hear this today. That is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. God never said you weren't important. He said that you are needed. And you, you're. listen, your presence is important in the body of Christ. Amen. There are no unimportant members in the church. Every single member is important and needed. I want you to just think about your own physical body here for just a moment. We all, obviously, you have a physical body. If you didn't have one, you couldn't be here. How many of you are thankful for your body? Well, we have an interesting group today. Praise the Lord. Everybody is afraid to respond. I don't know about you. I mean, there may be some things that I would like to change in my physical body. But the reality is I am still thankful for my body. Right? If you don't have a body, you can't be here. There ain't no floating spirits coming around. You know what I'm talking there, You know, people that say, well, I was there in spirit. No, you weren't. Your spirit was wherever your body was. My spirit doesn't leave my body. I am a spirit I have a soul and I live in a body but my spirit can't go anywhere that my body is not present and so all of us have a body and the reality my body my body was created because my mom and daddy right here y'all know what happened praise the Lord they got together and I arrived and they gave me my body okay and uh, I, I there's different things about my body that resembles both of them if you don't like my body if you don't like the way that I look you can blame them for it all right <laughs> but the reality is we all have a body and we're thankful for our body but listen there is not one member of my body that I am willing to go without right how many of you have a pinky finger you got a pinky finger you know the pinky may not do very much but I don't want to live without my pinky right you know what I've got a little pinky toe on both feet and, you know, I don't want to live, as small as they are, I don't want to live without my pinky toes. And uh, as a matter of fact, have you ever actually hurt or harmed any of your toes whatsoever? You know, I've stumped my, I've broken mine. I know that they had to be broken because they were black and blue all over. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, the reality is you can, you you can hurt or damage, harm something that may, Be insignificant in one sense until you harm it and then once you harm it you know hey this is a very important part of my body because I'm incapacitated in certain areas because of the damage or the pain something that nobody else sees but yet it was damaged it was hurt it was harmed and so therefore you are incapacitated because of that And so understand this there's nobody here that wants to live and willing to volunteer a part of your body you know i thank god that you know i still even have my appendix praise the lord i know they say that it's not necessary and that might be true to some degree uh, but i obviously god placed it in your body it's there for something i don't know exactly what it is but i do still have mine and if you don't praise god it's all right you're still going to live but the reality is, every single member of our body is important. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, you know your lips are important. Can you imagine what you'd look like with no lips? Perish the thought. All the ladies are getting them puffed up these days. You know, but the reality is, you know, we need every aspect of our body. Amen. There's no unimportant members of the church. Just like every part of your natural body is needed, so is every member of the body of Christ, the church. You've got to understand this. The reason that you are important is not because of your own, just the fact that you're living on earth. The reason that you are important is this, because Jesus paid for you. Jesus paid for you. Jesus bought you. Hell had a hold of you, but Jesus loved you so much he came and he bought you with his blood. My friend, if nothing else communicates your importance to you, that should communicate to you that I am important to the kingdom of God. He wanted me. He went after me. He said, you're the lost sheep that has run astray. But praise the Lord, I've come in order to set you free and liberate you. Amen? There are no unneeded members. Everybody is important. One of the enemy's strategies is in disconnecting people from the church Josiah, you're important too, praise the Lord. One of the enemy strategies is dis- in disconnecting people from the church is to convince them that they are insignificant and unimportant. That is the devil's lie. Many Christians fail to ever realize their importance because they fail to connect in the church. I will tell you this, whenever you begin to connect in the church, that's whenever you begin to realize your importance. Paul declares that the church needs every single member of the body of Christ, and every member needs one another. Would you look at somebody beside you today and say, I need you. Come on, tell them, I need you. And then I want you to look at somebody else and say, you need me. You needed me. Yes, you did. You sure needed me. We need one another, amen? Every single one of us need one another. You were not created to function on an island by yourself. You were not created for just you to live. Anybody see that Tom Hanks movie? What was that movie where he's talking to the soccer ball you know the whole time? Castaway. Listen, you're not supposed to be a spiritual castaway living on an island, just you and Jesus all by yourself. Right? You know, whenever I was you know, a teenager, Now, I love to play music, now, I, I, you know, obviously most of you know the story, of course I was a trumpet major in college, and I, loved, I could stay all day in a practice room all by myself, and it seemed to be a lot easier back then when I was a teenager. Put me in a practice room, give me a trumpet, give me some music, and I will stay there all day long. I will only come out of the practice room to eat and sleep, and that's it. And if I and if I could have lived there all the time, that's what I would have done. You know, I went to classes because you had to go to school. You know, and I tried to find as many music classes as I possibly could get connected to, even though I did well in all the other subjects. But the reality is, I was you know that was my that was my love. It was like I was married to music. You know, and so I would work all the time. But you know, I've been married now for 41 years. that's okay you don't have to clap about that but I've been married for 41 years by the way to the same woman I do want to emphasize that 41 years to the same woman we've been married and I will tell you this much if she leaves and she's gone for more than 30 minutes I'm getting lonely you, don't, you can't relate to that right now, but I'm telling you, just wait it. Give it a couple years, you know. And then, you know, she leaves, and, I, and if she ever has to take a trip, it's not that often, but if she takes a trip that she, uh, that she has to be gone for more than a day or two, I hibernate. I won't come out of hiding. I go into a cave, and I just call her, when you're coming back? <laughs> I'm starting to talk to the things on the shelf I need you to come back quickly. I don't know if I did. See, understand this. God didn't create you to live by yourself. We're not created to be islands to ourselves. We're not just ships passing in the night. No, God created us to live together, to function together, to work together, to fellowship together because we need one another. I need her. She needs me. And understand on a spiritual level you were not created just to be an individual member of the body of Christ being the long ranger working by yourself just fulfilling your ministry understand this you can't even fulfill your ministry without people to fulfill your ministry always involves people and so we have to understand that God created us that's the reason whenever he created Adam he said it is not it is not for man to be it is not for man to be I'll tell you, anytime man gets by himself and he's alone by himself, he is sure to make a mistake. He is sure to mess up. Any of you guys ever had to be away? You know, your wife had to be away for a while and she comes back a week later. I can guarantee you, there's a mess there. Y'all don't look at me in that tone of voice. There'll be dishes in the sink. There'll be clothes. If you did any laundry, it'll be put away in the wrong place and you probably wash the whites and the colors together, all together, right? And now the whites are no longer white, and there's color that's faded on all of the whites. Right? Come on. And there's potato chips on the couch, and you got cans, Coke cans, and other things that kind of strode out all over the place because you know, you couldn't take the three extra steps and take it to the garbage can. It's just easier to put it on the counter. Am I talking anybody's language? This is the reality. Man by himself will make a mess. He said, that's what God said. It's not good for you to be alone. You need somebody. How many of you men are thankful that God created woman, God created your wife? Are you glad of that? Listen, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts what? Ten thousand to flight. We need one another. My wife is worth nine thousand to me. My wife is worth nine thousand to me this is not my wife my wife is back there (laughs) my wife is worth 9,000 to me I need her she needs me when we function together as a team there is power that is released whenever listen whenever you begin to function as a member of a team in the body of Christ there is greater power that is released there's a greater anointing that is released listen the day of the one-man show is over I believe the day is coming where people aren't going to say what a great man of God they're going to say what a great church of God what a great body of Christ what a great people of the Lord that are that are raising themselves up today amen now there are some principles for beginning to reveal your importance I want to share just briefly this morning number one it's the principle of participation What participation first and foremost means, it means you show up. I've said this before. You know, Jesus said that many are called, but few are chosen. The primary difference between the called and the chosen is the chosen actually show up. You know, it's not because they have some type of special adorning. It's just because they showed up. Called people, you know, they got the call. The alarm clock went off. They put it on snooze, went back to sleep. The chosen are the ones who whenever the alarm clock goes off they get up and they decide that they're going to do something and so many are called but few are chosen the chosen are the ones who respond correctly to the call so participation just starts with you showing up and so Ephesians 4:16 says this from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies look at somebody say you've got something to supply according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love the whole body joined and knit together think about this the body what he's saying the body is joined and knit together what keeps the body together is this one principle by what every joint supplies every joint has something to supply in the body of Christ and understand this your supply does not uh, it's not determined by how old you are just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you don't have anything to supply any longer if you're 90 years old you still have something to supply if you're 12 years old you've got something to supply it's irregardless of the age that uh, you are at at the present moment you have something to supply there may be a little bit greater flow at different ages but the reality is this: every single one of us have something to supply the body of Christ look at somebody once again and say you've got something to supply then look at somebody and say I've got something to supply you know it's a lot of times we're wanting to receive from others but here's the question are you willing to give to others You see, it's not just a matter of coming to receive. Whenever we come together, we should not be in just a mode of, I'm here just to receive from the Lord. Understand this, that's wonderful and that's good. But I am am here more than just to receive from the Lord. I am here to be a channel by which God can begin to flow and I can be a supply to somebody else. God has called each and every one of you that are here this morning. God has called you to be a supply channel for somebody else. God has called you to be a place where somebody else can be fed. Someone else can be nourished. Someone else can be encouraged. Someone else can be lifted up. And by the way, you don't necessarily have to have a microphone to do that. You don't necessarily have to have a platform. Can I tell you, you can get here early rather than getting here late. No condemnation for anybody who got here late. But you know, if you just get here early, you may actually find some people that you didn't know that need to be encouraged. Why don't you pray for a word before you come through the doors? And why don't you pray and ask the Lord, Lord, use me to encourage somebody today. Use me to uplift somebody. Because hear this, sometimes you don't know how much it means just for you to actually go put your arms around somebody and say, I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. You know what? Little words of encouragement, But sometimes we have discounted it and thought that, you know, that's really kind of meaningless and it's trivia. Uh, You know, my friend, it is not. For somebody who needs it, it is the word that will lift them up out of a place of despair. Let me tell you, we've had testimonies like that before of people that came in, and they've told us, you know, so-and-so. They just came to me, and they hugged me, and they told me, they just gave me a quick little just word of encouragement, and it blessed me so much, and it got me out of the mess. It got me out of the funk that I was in. Listen, there are people that come to church, you know. Many times there are different members of a church that are in a little funk. And by the way, rather than criticizing them, rather than condemning them, let's lift them out of the funk. Amen. Look at somebody and say, we're here to erase the funk. Come on. I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about, y'all know what I'm talking about. People get into mully grubs. They get down. They get depressed. They get upset. You know, things aren't, haven't been going right. And, you know, they didn't know how to put on their garment of praise. Well, listen, you help them put on the garment of praise. Amen. You've got something to supply. You've got something to give. You see, whenever you begin to participate, what happens is your importance is revealed in the body of Christ. If you don't participate, if you don't actually show up, if you don't begin to give something, if you don't supply something, then you'll always feel as though you're unimportant. And understand, the feeling of unimportance is not because of other people that are around you. The feeling of unimportance actually stems from not participating in what God has called you to participate in. Are y'all following this? You see, you can begin to erase the feeling of unimportance if you just begin to participate and do something. We are joints in the body of Christ, and we're here to supply something. The body is built. And the body is made strong when everybody supplies something. The church grows spiritually and naturally when we all do our part, when we all participate, my friend. It is important for every single one of us to do our part. You have a part to play. As a matter of fact, think about it. A part to play, participate. You know, the root word of participate is part. You are a part that you participate with others. And whenever you do so, it makes the body strong. You've heard me say this before, but... A strong church is not necessarily determined by who's occupying the pulpit. Now, that's an important aspect of the ministry. It's an important part of the church. But what really makes the body strong, according to Paul, because he never gave himself any credit, he said, actually, the body is made strong. It is edified. It is built up when every part is supplying something, when every joint is supplying what they're supposed to supply. See, if you don't supply what you are called to supply, there is a deficiency in the body of Christ. There's a deficiency in the church. My friend, don't let the church go deficient. Amen? Do your part, praise God. The next thing is function. Everybody say function. First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received the gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received the gift, you've received it, now minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This dovetails actually into participation. We must begin to function in the gifting and the call that God has placed upon our life. Your gift is a divine grace that God bestows that empowers you to minister to others. You see, you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it in your own strength. You have to begin to do it by the grace of God. You have to do it with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's the reason that you were filled with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just so that you would have a prayer language that you could talk in. It was so that you could begin to manifest the power of God and the ministry of Jesus could begin to flow through your life amen so God has called us to begin to do these things to begin to function you are called to function in your gifting now understand this about gifts it says over there in Romans that every single person is given a different gift we're given a different function and so, the way that you function is going to be different than somebody else. Whenever you see our worship team up here, there are people that have different giftings, different abilities, different talents. And you know, uh, where's Marcus at? Marcus, right there. Absolutely awesome job. We appreciate him so much we got three really wonderful drummers here, uh, Pastor Jonathan and then also Kyle. They all do a great job. I mean, they're just really talented and can and do so many different things. But, you know, the reality is we appreciate the drums. We appreciate Marcus, right? You know, but how many people did we have up here this morning? I, I don't know how many. It was probably at 30, about 30 folks or something. At least, at least 30, 30 people were up there. Can you imagine if we had 30 drum sets up there? And that's all you had. First of all, you wouldn't even be able to stay in the room. You put 30 drum sets up there, 30 30 kits like that up there, and they all start wailing. I'm telling you what, you're gonna be run. You, then you'll know what loud actually is. But 30 kits, no. But you see, everybody has their own place. They have their own talent. They have their own ability. Tony's up there playing the 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 uh, con- congas and the timbales and the cowbell. What this song needs is a little more cowbell. Praise the Lord. And Tony, you know, when he play, he he does he he's been taught, you know, how to play, you know, more a what a, a symphonic style of of playing the drums and rudimental style. And I got up there today. I said, Tony, just imagine that head, the head of that drum. Just imagine that that's your enemy. That's the devil. And I want you to beat it as hard as you possibly can. But, you know, what? You know he plays up there on the timbales. You know what? We need the timbales, and we're thankful for the timbales. Pastor Steve's on the trumpet. Jamie's on the sax. John's on the trombone. And, there's, and then Curvin, where's Curvin at? Where you at, Curvin? There he is over there. You ever watch this guy over here stand up, Curvin? This guy knows how to worship. I'm telling you, he really does know how to worship. You ever watch him? He's dancing all over the place. Just so you know, we didn't tell him to do that. Nobody, Steve, I haven't seen you do it. But the reality, he gets up there with a saxophone and he's worshiping. He's not just playing music, he's worshiping. Right? How many of you appreciated the choir that we had? You see, it's growing once again and coming back. It's coming alive. So everybody has a unique place. Every single person every singer up here we had altos we had tenors and we had sopranos and then we had the leaders up here every single person has a unique place wit does an awesome job on the piano it's a very foundational uh instrument you need and and um um, kevin playing the organ and so every and all of them up there who uh who was Okay. Yeah, Mark. Thank you. Mark was playing this morning. You know, Mark was doing an awesome job. I was hearing him shine through, and it was all sounding so good. But again, just imagine if you you know if you had you know thirty different guitar amps, thirty different guitar players. I'm telling you, I'm leaving the building. Okay. <laughs> what makes it come together is the diversity of every individual part. Playing something unique that they are supposed to play or supposed to sing at a certain time within the song. That's what makes it music, and that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it jail. Understand this: you may not be holding a microphone, but that doesn't mean that your part is not important. You. you may not be on the platform, but it doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't important in God's symphony. You got to understand Jesus, He is the Lord over the body of Christ, and He is is directing the orchestra of his body. And sometimes it's time. Now it's time for you to shine. Now it's time for the woodwinds to come up a little bit right here. Now it's the time for the flutes to take a little solely area right here. Oh, it's time for the trumpet. Sound the fanfare right now. Hear this. Regardless of what part you play, your part is important and you need to function. Praise God. Amen? Amen? You know, there's certain orchestral pieces that are known just at certain times. Uh, has anybody ever watched Star Wars? Did you watch Star Wars? You know? And the opening fanfare. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, da. You remember? And the trumpets. And I believe the trombones will probably be playing there, right? But, but the, and the French horns. Dun, da, da, da. Can you imagine? Got all the orchestra there. We're gonna do Star Wars the trumpet section isn't there and so you start the song off and it's just not the same you know it's just not the same everybody else maybe I'm trying to give you an understanding of why your part is so important everybody else can be doing what they're supposed to do all the other instruments can be playing what they're supposed to play but if there's a section that is missing if there are people that are missing then that part is going to go missing understand this God doesn't want you missing from the church God doesn't want you missing from the body of Christ you are important to the church praise God look at somebody and say you're important Look at somebody and say, I want to hear what you're playing. Come on, say it. I want to hear what you're playing. Well, that's a real challenge for some of you, isn't it? I, I want to hear what you're playing. See, you've got something to play. You've got something to sing. You've got something to broadcast. I want to hear what you're playing. I want to hear what you're singing. I want to hear what you're gifted with. I want you to bring your gift to the table. Hallelujah. Amen. No one and no gift is insignificant. Again, as I already said, the person watching the babies are just as important as everybody else that's on the platform. Right now, Castle and Bethany, they're back there doing kids' church. And I want you to know that's a very, very important ministry here in this church body, amen? Amen. Somebody said, well, I just don't feel an unction. I don't feel lead. If you don't feel lead, bring me a pencil, I'll sharpen it, and you can feel lead, praise God. But the reality is you don't need to wait for an unction to function. You just need to start functioning, and the unction will follow. Amen? Just start doing something. Put your hand in the plow. Well, I don't feel led. Now, listen, get, get this all this I don't feel led stuff. Were you asked to do it? Well, yeah, but I don't feel led. But do it! You know, whenever I was first asked to lead worship, I felt so unqualified in, in one sense. I knew how to play the keyboard, but I couldn't sing worth a flip. God. I bless those people that had to sit there in the beginning days of my worship leading. I don't know if he just deafened them so that they could survive it or what happened, but I was not a good singer. But you know what? The reason that I led worship was one reason and one reason alone, because I would prefer to have been in the background. I would have preferred just, just give me, put me on the piano, and I'll play the piano, and I'll be happy. Give me a trumpet. I'll play that. Let me write music. In my, you know I'll be fine with that. I'm not looking for a place to sing. I'm not looking for a place to lead. I led for one reason alone. That was this, because I was asked to do it. And hear this, I just said yes. Can I tell you that destiny many times happens just on the other side of your yes? Just being willing to say yes when there's a need that presents itself. Can you clean the bathroom? Well, I don't feel led, but nobody feels led to clean the bathroom. Right? Is that you, Lord? I feel the anointing. I'm getting the toilet brush anointing right now. No, nobody gets that. It's just something that needs to be done. You don't have to wait for anointing. You don't have to wait for a lightning bolt to hit you. You don't have to wait for a Pentecostal fit to all of a sudden come on you. No, you just get back there and do it. Amen third principle is this, engagement. Everybody say engagement. It says in James 1.21, are y'all getting anything out of this today? Therefore lay aside all filthiness. Lay aside all filthiness. By the way, if you've got any filth in your life, you need to get rid of it. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And obviously this was an issue in the church. There were people who had filthiness and wickedness in their lives. And James was saying, get rid of it. And receive with meekness the implanted word, the engrafted word. That's so the, the, the word that's originally used in the King James. Receive with meekness. Meekness means teachableness. Meekness means you're willing to listen. The implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. By the way, when you're a hearer of the word but you don't do it, you deceive yourself. That's what it actually says. The devil doesn't deceive you, you deceive yourself. That's what he actually says there. If you're just hearing the word, but you're not acting on the word, then you're just, it's called self deception. But anyway, I, I, that, we won't go there this morning. But you receive with meekness, be teachable. Now, I use the word engagement, and right now, Wit is engaged. He's marrying one to woman, not about three weeks, four weeks, well, about six weeks maybe. Six weeks. From yesterday. Is that, is that right? Six weeks from yesterday. He and Grace, and I call her Wonder Woman because one the first time I had to really get, sit down and talk to her, and I kept thinking she reminds me of somebody, and finally came to me who she reminded me of. And it, I don't know if anybody saw the old Wonder Woman shows with Linda Carter, but that's who she reminded me of. It is, but anyway, nonetheless, that's just a little side note. That is not anointed, that's just a side note, okay? So, but anyway, they are engaged right now. And because they're engaged, um, and most of you that are married, obviously you went through an engagement, right? You got engaged. And one of the things that engagement says is this I am 100% all in now. When somebody announces their engagement, that means I'm taken, right? And I guarantee you, if some lady comes around hitting on wit and Grayson knows about it, right? Come on, you ladies know what I'm talking about. You get engaged. another one. If you're married, you definitely do it. The hair on the back of your neck and your head will stand up. And I'm telling you, you want the claws to come out? Don't you mess with my man. Right? And men, we do the same thing. If you sent some other man, if you're engaged and they're trying to hit on your woman, hang on just a second. John Wayne's about to rise here, right? Clint Eastwood, you know, dying ain't no way to make a living, boy. Come on, right? Go ahead and make my day. I mean, you, all the phrases come to you. You mess with my woman, right? You become Mr. T. <laughs> Anybody else that's big and bad that you can think of, you become it just like that, Right? Somebody's messing with my woman? Don't you mess with my woman. And so I I said all that to say this, whenever you get engaged, that means this, you are 100% all in. You may not have said I do, you may not be married yet, but whenever you get engaged, that means this, I've already, before I said I do, I've already made that decision that I'm going to say I do. I am 100% all in. So understand this, there is an attitude that we must take, that whenever we, uh, as far as with the body of Christ, with the local church, I am 100% all in. Church is not some type of sideline event, something that I just go to for you know an hour a week. I am 100% committed to this, Holy to this and I believe that God is going to do something in my life He's going to do something in my family's life and I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else And I'm going to function in the way that God has called me to function in that local church body Listen, there are too many people in the church today that are withholding most of their life. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm, I'm there if it's convenient Well, thank you for that overwhelming response You know, I'm there if it feels good If it doesn't interrupt anything else I'm doing, I'm okay. Yeah, that's my church. My wife and I, we've met people before at Walmart. You know, you meet everybody at Walmart. Go down to Walmart and they said, hey, Pastor Robert. I said, hey, (laughs) who are you? (laughs) They have to tell me their name. And uh, what what I realize is, there's a lot of people that will come to church and they will say that's my church y'all don't y'all got gotten real quiet on me I did it's like our church just got moved down the street you know to the to another building so they, you know that they what it ends up being is that they they come like once every three months they come or they're they're the the CEO Christians right Christmas, Easter, and other special occasions. Listen, God didn't call you to be a CEO Christian. God called you to be a Christian 100% of the time, full time. I'm all in. I'm committed all the way. Amen? A part of engagement also means this. Whenever you come to church, you engage in what's going on. Regardless of... Whether it's your area or not, you still engage in it. Whenever the Word is being taught, you engage. You actually sit there and listen. You know, we've got too many distractions today. and So often people are playing on their cell phones. I'm not saying cell phones are bad. I've got one myself. It's a tool that I use. It's needed today, but understand this. If your cell phone is keeping you away and distracting you from hearing the Word of God preach, then keep it in your car during the service. It will it'll be okay, okay? I'm sure it will last until the end of the service. Don't be playing games. Don't be surfing on Facebook. Oh, y'all don't shout me down right now. Listen, what you're gonna hear being preached and being taught is gonna be much valuable than much more valuable than what your friend just posted on Facebook. And by the way, just so you know, your friend's post will still be there at 12 o'clock. I promise you. Okay? You're not going to miss anything. You might see it a little bit later, but it's okay. You know what is really happening many times whenever we're if you're surfing while the preaching of the word is being brought forth. And this is not about, I don't care who's up here preaching, whether it's me, Pastor Joshua, or any other guest speaker. It doesn't matter who it is. If you're preaching the Word, see, if you're out surfing on your phone during the church, church service, what you're actually saying is, I'm placing greater value on Facebook and everything else that's out there more so than on the Word of God. My friend, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The most important sustenance for you spiritually is hearing the Word, amen? Well, you need to engage in the ministry of the word you don't sit there as a passive listener you're an active listener you're 100 percent all in i'm there pastor i'm listening to the word being preached and being taught because that is what will lift me up that is what will encourage me that is what will bless me that is what will make me strong amen see the more you receive the word the more your importance will be revealed why because the word will reveal who you are in christ jesus Ditch the phone and get rid of every distraction that would keep you from the Word. The Word you fail to hear is a measure of importance that you forfeit in your own life. My friend, it's important that we engage. Look at somebody say, you got to engage. The importance of engaging is this. You learn to hear and you make the Word your own. You take ownership of the Word whenever you engage. It's not just something you're casually listening to, but it's something that you embrace and you make it your own, praise God. See, the word will only benefit those who take ownership. The last principle is the principle of covenant. Everybody say covenant. Covenant. Y'all still with me? How many of you give me five more minutes? 10, 15, 20. 1 Kings 17, 1. And Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, 1 Kings 17, 1. As the Lord God of Israel is before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, by the brook Cherith, you might want to write that down, which flows into the Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook, as I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. The fourth principle and last principle is this, covenant, everybody say covenant. Covenant is so important. It's when you come into covenant that you begin to realize the importance that God has placed upon your life. There's a lot of things that I didn't realize until my wife and I got married. Whenever my wife and I got married, there was all of a sudden some importance that I realized in my own life. One was, I'm important to her because I'm gonna be the father of her children. She's important to me because she's going to be the mother of my children. How many believe that's an important element of your life? Extremely important element of your life. Well, that's supposed to happen in the boundaries of covenant that God has established. By the way, just so everybody knows, God did it right in the beginning when he created one man and one woman. That is God's design, that is God's plan, and I don't care what anybody else says or what anybody else promotes, I'm not condemning anybody else, I'm just telling you that is God's plan and that is the order of God, one man, one woman, loving each other and raising children in a household. That's what God did, God did it right in the beginning, that's the pattern. And by the way, Jesus actually emphasized, this is not in my notes, but Jesus emphasized that pattern. Because Jesus said, you know that scribes and Pharisees asked him a question and then he talked about you know have not you read that he who made them in the beginning made them male and female Isn't that interesting Jesus said there's only two <laughs> There's there's only two and it's male or female And by the way that's determined biologically We don't need to be ashamed to say it that's the truth Not going to lie that's bible that's the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B I B L E. God made it that way. God made a man, made a woman. Look, it's it is pretty easy to tell. That's the bottom line. And if you're not sure, I'm sure that a doctor can tell you what you are. <laughs> Common sense will tell you what you are. But anyway, so God, back to the scripture. Elijah is told to go to the brook Cherith. He says, "For there I have commanded. For there I have commanded." Now this is what's very interesting, cherith itself, that word means covenant. Everybody say covenant. Covenant. Let me say it another way. What God has designed, just like God has designed there to be relationship between a man and a woman in the boundaries of covenant, understand that God has created your gift to function in the boundaries of covenant. There's something that happens whenever you come into a covenantal body of believers. What do you mean covenantal body of believers? That means this, a part of a local church that I have actually been led by the Holy Ghost to connect myself to, and in doing so, there is ministry that is fostered from my life. The same way that whenever I married my wife, it created an avenue whereby then we could begin to have children in an environment that God had ordained and God had established. Hear this, the atmosphere that God has ordained and established for ministry to come forth within your life. Is it the is the atmosphere of covenant within a local church body that is how ministry is designed to be birthed and how it's designed to be produced and what happens with Elijah here, is Elijah was fed actually in the place of covenant. Understand this, there will always be food, and there will always be something for you to receive whenever you get connected in the place of covenant. God will cause the the, the word to come alive in your spirit in the place of covenant. It is in the house of the Lord where there is covenant. Covenant with the Lord, and also covenant with one another. You know, the reality is, the reason that We have the musicians that we have up here on Sunday. They are here, they're a part of this church body, and they are in covenant with this church, amen? We're in covenant one with another. We're not hiring people from the outside. Would you come in and do your gig for us? As a matter of fact, I told all the worship team, I said, if you're going to sing on the team, then you're going to sit there and you're going to hear the Word. You're going to, first of all, be a part of this church before you're a part of the worship team. If you're going to minister in this house, then you're going to function in this house and be a part of the house. Amen? Amen? You know what? And if you can't be a part, and if you only show up, and you're just doing your gig, then thank you very much. We love you and bless you. But you know what? We don't want any prostitution going on here at High Praise. I know that's a strong word, but that's just the reality. I don't want somebody for a cheap thrill. I married a woman that I would be in covenant together to with her. And by the way, we're going to have people that operate in covenant with one another. Y'all still love me? You have to. You don't have a choice. Close them with this, Elijah had to go where God told him to go. He had to be present where God told him to be. He had to be present at the brook to have food and water. Susten for your life is found in the place of covenant. There's a life-giving flow that will happen in the place of covenant. Would you stand to your feet? today?